Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and we're going to talk today about starting or restarting a spiritual practice. I, over on Instagram, was talking to y'all. What? You don't follow me on Instagram. Come on down at Sarah M. Chapel. That is the easiest place to connect, to share, for us to get to know each other better. But I was talking to a bunch of you guys, and at the time of this recording, when this comes out, we are kind of a month in, at least in the United States, to uh, our coronavirus pandemic experience. And one of the things that's coming up a lot for people right now is this idea of spiritual practice and an idea of starting or even restarting. I had quite a few of you reach out saying, how do I restart my practice right now? How do I cultivate a spiritual life in the midst of immense change and unknown? So I wanted to talk about that today. And there's kind of, I'd say, uh, three steps that I look at when it comes to kind of creating habits in general. And then we'll talk about them a little bit more specifically through the lens of spiritual practice. But first we want to ask, like, what is a spiritual practice? <laughs> what, what is it? What does that mean to you? So often spiritual practice is a term that's just kind of thrown around, like, obviously you have a daily practice. Obviously you have a spiritual practice. But what does that mean? Well, here's the really cool thing. You get to decide. <laughs> you get to decide what spiritual practice means for you. I would say there's probably some key components that I see in myself and in my clients and students. One is that it's it's sacred time. It's time that is taken apart from your day. It is held separate. It is held sacred so that you can connect, so that you can breathe, so that you can engage in practices that support you. And why do we want time that is separate? Why do we want time apart? One, uh, a lot of us are really fucking busy right? And even if you're not busy in your normal senses right now, your brain is probably pretty busy. <laughs> We're going through a, a mass, uh, tr- you know, acute traumatic experience right now. Your brain is probably a little busy and you may be working like crazy or your entire life may have changed. So having time apart, time that is separate, time that is held sacred and secure away from the normal parts of your day That in itself is immensely rewarding and helpful. But why do we want this? Why do we want spiritual practice? This is actually the first step to starting or restarting a spiritual practice or really creating any new habit. And yes, a practice is a habit. It is something that we are trying to do with consistency to bring into our lives. We need to know why we want it. Why do we want a spiritual practice? Why do we care? Why is this something that is worth spending our time on, especially right now? And this is a personal question. I I don't have an answer for you. I can give you some ideas. But this is the first step is coming up with your why. And this matters because that why is going to be what reminds you of why you are doing this, why you're taking this time, why you are overcoming the inertia of your current habits to create new ones. Sometimes the spiritual practices can feel kind of vague, right? You know, we can think of other habits that might seem a little bit more concrete, like um, I have a lot of lung issues, as some of you know. So for me, having a regular exercise and movement practice helps me 
directly links to my lung health. It's easy for me to get into the habit of movement and exercise because my why is really clear. When I exercise, I can quite literally breathe better, right? But with something like spiritual practice, it's like, what are, what are the benefits? What is the desire? Why do you want it? In our businesses, you might say that you have a habit of posting on Instagram a few days a week, right? You have a marketing plan, and if you implement that, that is actually essentially a marketing habit. Why? So that you can reach potential customers and they can buy from you. That's why we create that habit of utilizing social media or recording a podcast every week. So we need the same kind of why for your spiritual practice. Why do you want it? Some of the things that come up for me and that I hear a lot from my students are, first of all, is that that sacred time, that time apart, is just calming. (laughs) It's just fucking nice to unplug for a minute, (laughs) to do something different, to change the pace of your day. And it isn't, I'm not going to say it's always calming. I know for me that my brain is pretty overactive as a rule. And sometimes my spiritual practice isn't calming. Sometimes I get through it almost shaking with like anxiety. But it's space apart. It's me trying to open up a door to a different way of being. This can also be a beautiful time to create focus for yourself, even if it's just a couple minutes. Focus on something that isn't work, that isn't your family, that isn't the to-do list, that isn't a pandemic. Just a focus on being present, maybe, being in your body, on breathing, but thinking of what a focus might be for you. Also, if we want to get kind of witchy about it, a spiritual practice is about connection. A lot of times what we're doing in spiritual practice is giving voice whether literally or or through um, some other kind of experience, which we can talk about in a second, to our own intuition, to our own innermost thoughts, our own subconscious, or potentially to other spirits, other entities, to God, whatever you're working with, whatever works for you. We are creating connection with ourselves and with the world around us by setting sacred time apart to engage. Finally, one of the reasons we might want a spiritual practice is to imbue our lives with meaning. Humans love ritual. We love to do things that mark our time with meaning. Everything from birthdays to holidays to death rituals. This is a huge part of how we move through the world. And especially in moments right now when our habits and our our schedules and a lot of our rituals actually have changed. I mean, changed dramatically. We can create our own meaning by choosing to create ritual. And all ritual really is, is showing up and being present. I mean, yes, we can make it more convoluted if we want, but a ritual is showing up and doing certain tasks with a goal in mind that adds meaning to our life. So your first step is to figure out why do you want a spiritual practice? Why do you want to engage there? Why is it something that matters to you? And I encourage you to actually just like spend some time on that. I'm a big fan of using timers (laughs) to create sacred space and to create healthy boundaries. And I might set a timer for like 15 minutes and just write or do a voice recording if that's better for you of why you want this. Because if you're doing it because, you know, somebody posted a cute picture of their like spiritual practice on Instagram, right? Or you like found some Pinterest pin that says, you're a real witch if you feel called to a spiritual practice, whatever, okay? If that's your reason, that's not enough to overcome the, the, the habits you already have. You need your own why. 
for me, as to share, my spiritual practice is kind of twofold. One, it is creating sacred space in my day where I can just be a human, (laughs) a human in the world, generally by being breathing focused. And for me, it's a lot of writing. I'll tell you a little bit more about what my spiritual practice looks like in a minute. But my real why is that I am someone who within the belief system and framework that I work with, I talk to things that aren't there. I hear shit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like I talk to spirits. I have found with some help, especially from um, my my spirit work teacher, Ren Zatapak, uh, who's on a previous episode, uh, she's been on that podcast twice, we can link up our episode that we did about business magic and what a magical business is in the show notes, but especially thanks to Ren, that having a regular spiritual practice where I'm actually actively choosing to engage with the spirits that I talk with, not only strengthens that connection, right, we mentioned connection being a potential reason for spiritual practice, but it also helps me to control that connection or to choose when I want to use my my tools and resources in the psychic realm by having a time when they're actually open and allowed. Because when I don't engage in spiritual practice, I have a tendency to spill over. I have a tendency to pick up on things that I don't want to pick up on, to be uh, absorbing energy I don't want to absorb, to be having voices in my head that I when I don't really want them. So by having a sacred time for that activity to occur, it creates not only stronger relationship with myself and with the spirits I work with, but it also <laughs> helps me to have a more a healthy boundary around how I'm engaging with the wider world as a spiritual being. So you get to make your own meaning here, but we need to know your why. The second step is tying this to an existing habit. This is like habit making 101. And y'all know I'm like super into neuropsychology and neuroscience and how that dovetails with spirituality. And one of the reasons spiritual practices can be so powerful is because they are, it is a habit. It is something that we get in the habit of, right? Depending how you grew up, maybe you grew up in the habit of going to Sunday school every week, right? Or going to Hebrew school, or your family would always, you know, I don't know, light a candle at dinner, right? Or whatever. Or maybe you had none of those things. Maybe you guys always watched football on Sunday, right? Those rituals not only help to mark time, but they create a sense of, of comfort in our lives because there's consistency. And in moments when we don't have consistency, a lot of times it's because either those, those um, patterns have gone away, um, they've changed, right? Like you're not driving to work anymore. You're walking to your office in your house or you're walking, you know, onto the porch or you're just like working on your kitchen table or something. Your habits have changed, which creates anxiety or it can because we don't have the rituals and the routines. But when we take a new habit and tie it to an existing habit, it is so much easier to create the new habit. So what is something you already do every day or every other day? For me, I tie most of my spiritual practice, like as in the daily practice I do, to drinking my coffee in the morning because there's no fucking way you're getting my coffee out of my hands. Not happening, right? I'm very passionate about getting my caffeine. And that helps to ground my practice into something that I'm already doing every day. You might be someone who maybe you prefer to do it at night and you're brushing your teeth. And just while you brush your teeth, that however long you're supposed to brush your teeth, how long do we brush our teeth for? A couple minutes, I guess. That that's time where you are consciously being present with whatever it means to you to have a spiritual practice. Maybe just checking in with your intuition or closing your eyes and engaging in a kind of rhythmic meditation as you brush your teeth. 
So picking something that you already do on a daily basis and tying the action you want for your spiritual practice to that is going to make it so much easier to actually engage with it. My third kind of step here, right? Step one is we need the why. Step two is tie this to an existing habit. For me, coffee, full stop. (laughs) And step three is to start super small. Start super fucking small. You do not need like some massive altar and like multi-hour meditation, yoga, movement, practice thing to be spiritual. You could totally do that. That sounds cool. But we want to start small. And for me, I have this idea, we're going to talk about this in a future episode, of kind of the minimal, I call it minimal viable humaning, (laughs) Um, which comes from this marketing idea of a minimal viable product, which is like, what is the bare minimum that a product needs in order to function and provide a result? I think about my life that way for a lot of reasons. So we'll tease that for a future episode. But I think about my spiritual practice that way. What is the minimal viable activity I need to do on a daily basis or on a weekly basis in order to have a spiritual practice that gives me some of these desired results of calm, focus, connection, and meaning? So for me, that's journaling. I journal every single morning. Sometimes it's like a three sentences before I get distracted. Sometimes it's three pages. Those are good mornings. Sometimes it takes me three hours to do because I keep getting distracted. I'm not going to lie. I'll like, I, I don't have great focus. So I will pick up my phone or I will take care of the dog or all of a sudden in the middle of it, I'll remember I need to go and do a dish or something. Okay. We've, we've all got our, our challenges. But what is the one thing that you want to engage with? One thing that is small. Maybe it's listening to a meditation One of my favorite things is rain sounds. Rain sounds I find very soothing. So I have a rain app called Simply Rain. It is a free app. I highly recommend it. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll just put that on and listen to rain sounds for a couple minutes. And that's my spiritual practice. That is in itself a meditation, an awareness, right? So pick something that is baseline. And I encourage it to be like the the most simple thing. It might just be sitting down in a certain chair. It may just be, you know, Breathing with intention for a few breaths. Breathe in, breathe out. Maybe count your breaths, right? Or do a pranayama or just, you know, breathe in through your nostrils for, you know, instead of your mouth. That's enough. That's actually more than enough. That's a start. So pick that one small thing, that one thing that can actually be a repeated easy activity for you. Again, maybe it's journaling, maybe, and maybe you are at a place where you want to actually layer some more stuff in. But what is the minimum for you? What is the easiest, the most simple, the thing you can do while you're brushing your teeth or drinking your coffee or sitting at the kitchen table or while your kid is screaming? What is the thing that you can do to create this sacred time around your spiritual practice? I do want to offer a couple ideas for those of you that are like, all right, this sounds cool, but uh, I don't really know where to start. So um, there are a couple tools that can make having a spiritual practice really easy uh, or easier. Uh, You guys will be shocked to know that one of my favorites is tarot, (laughs) right? Tarot being, you know, the the 78 card deck that is a framework for understanding the human experience. And while we can definitely use it in a divinatory way, one of my favorite ways to use it is as a self-coaching tool, a tool of reflection, And when we marry tarot with our spiritual practice, we kind of get to do a bit of both. We get to pull in our own psychic knowing, our own intuition, and also support ourselves through kind of a self-coaching framework. 
one of the most common things you'll hear when people recommend how do you start reading tarot is to just pull a card a day. I'll be candid, I have never been that person. I don't find that very interesting. <laughs> but I know for a lot of people that is an extremely grounding activity. And what I do like about it is how simple it is. First of all, it's tactile. And for a lot of us, getting into our body during spiritual practice can be extremely challenging. But that repetitive motion of, um, of shuffling, right, of pulling a card, it can be extremely soothing. We actually talked about this, oh my gosh, was that last year? <laughs> With uh, AMJ of Brown Girl Tarot. So we can link that up in the show notes because they talked about how that physical repetition um, was something that they found so, so critical in terms of soothing their nervous system. But as part of the daily practice, yes, that can definitely be something. I also love it because it's such a clear task. Pick up your deck, shuffle, pull a card, right? It's discreet. How much time we spend with the card reflecting or thinking or journaling, that can vary. But it's like if you do those things, you take out your deck and you pull out a card, you did it. You did your spiritual practice. And then, of course, tarot or using an oracle deck or something like that can give us a topic to focus on so we don't have to think of like, oh, what do I want to do today, right? The challenge with my journaling practice is that sometimes it's just me writing like things that are annoying me or me kind of like doing like a blah, right? Which is maybe not those spiritual activities for me. It's not really helping me to be centered or focused. It's just kind of like a, like a word vomit. If we are using a tarot and oracle deck to focus ourselves, then we actually kind of have some meat on the bone to work with. I'm also a huge fan, as I mentioned, of journaling, and it goes so far to say automatic writing as part of this spiritual practice. And if writing does not work for you, I do love doing voice memos. I'm someone who channels very well via my voice and speaking, which is, hello, why we're here with the podcast. So automatic writing is essentially just writing without thinking. We're almost trying to shift our consciousness into a trance state where we're not super self-aware and we're just letting things emerge. And that can be really soothing to just let words come out of you without the self-censoring um, and the constant like need to explain ourselves that we have, especially like in cancel culture. I feel like all we do, and I, I, I do this as well, is we say something and then we try to imagine every possible caveat where somebody could be mad at us about it and to make a disclaimer. <laughs> So having that place that is like a journaling or an automatic writing practice where you're not censoring yourself, you're actually just expressing yourself. And of course, this is just for you, right? That is a really beautiful, simple way to start creating sacred space around spiritual practice. The final thing that I'll say, which is pretty popular, and I'm going to put it with a huge like asterisk next to it, is doing something like a guided visualization. Especially for folks that are newer to meditation or centering, having something that's guided and has some someone speaking or helping you like move through an experience can be super helpful. Those are great. You can usually find them on YouTube. Um, I know there's tons of apps and you know all of that stuff, right? I'm putting I'm mentioning this in particular because I want to put an asterisk, <laughs> which is that the big challenge with a guided visualization is that we're giving a lot of power over to somebody else to influence how our subconscious mind is thinking. And a lot of times, and I know I used to do this, is I would just like, you know, Google like guided meditation for sleep and just play it <laughs> and participate. These meditations are designed to shift your consciousness so you're in a more receptive state using trance techniques or hypnosis or however you want to look at that. Which means that what people are saying to you in a guided visualization or meditation is going to penetrate your mind more deeply. 
The problem comes when we aren't actually really aware of what they're saying or what their intentions are. And it's not that I, I think people have negative intentions when they create guided visualizations, not at all, but that we want to be mindful of what we're choosing to consume always. But I think I hear a lot of folks kind of forget that level with the visualization. So I encourage you to do some research. Instead of just, just Googling, maybe pick one and see if you can read a transcript first or see if you can listen to it without really participating, like with your logic hat on and say, okay, is this actually stuff that I want to be thinking about? Is this how I want um, my brain to be interacting with the world? Because when we do those visualizations, we are absorbing it more. So those are my three kind of my three easy steps <laughs> to starting or restarting a spiritual practice. And again, that why is what's so important. And I just want to open the door, you know, for those of you that are kind of feeling like, like right now feels like such a hard time to do anything, right? Or those of you that are like, oh my gosh, right now feels like a time where I want everything to be really good. I don't want to take advantage of this time. That's all valid. When we're doing our spiritual practice, though, it is a really beautiful opportunity for us to figure out what we need what is comparatively easy for us, and really why we want this. Why does it matter to you? And, you know, at the end of the day, taking that time for yourself, even if it's just sipping your coffee with like the bathroom door shut, hoping that nobody bothers you for five seconds, it's worth it. It's worth you choosing to make that moment of time just for you. All right. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I would love to hear from you over on Instagram if you have any questions about it or if you want to share more about your spiritual practice, come follow me there at Sarah M. Chapel. And then if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. A written review would be amazing. Those definitely help people know whether or not this is the right show for them. And we have a link for that in our show notes as well. You can just click that button, leave a review. I'd prefer a positive one, you know, but hey you have free will. Do as you please. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to see you guys next week. Bye for now.